Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. comes from the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared unto them, and rested on each one of them. And they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asians, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all the parts of Libya that belong to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and Protestants, Threatens and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, 
since it was only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God told us, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes. A great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise and be blessed. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated and we continue with the sermon hymn, Come Holy Ghost, God in Lord. mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for the message for this morning comes from Acts chapter 2. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, 
Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. This is our text. Now, out of all of the texts in our lectionary cycle, the reading from Acts chapter 2 is probably the most dreaded reading of the church here. You know, our eyes, you know, just kind of glaze over the list here, like reading Old Testament genealogies. It's like in reading an ancient geography lesson, with half of the groups here no longer existing. You know, for instance, the Elamite language was already dying out at this time. It would go fully extinct a few hundred years after the first Pentecost. You know, so on the, on the surface, this doesn't seem too relevant today to talk about a language that nobody speaks today. And not only that, but we also see here that you know, Jews and proselytes and Gentile converts from places that were traditional enemies of God like Egypt and Arabia. And so, like the first hearers who heard the words of St. Peter, you may be asking that question they asked here and that great Lutheran question. And what is the great Lutheran question? Come on, you can say it a little louder, right? You guys know this, right? What is that question? It's the sermon title. All righty, all right. What's going on here in that first Pentecost? Okay, so Peter and the Apostles preaching uh, points to us three realities that are bound up in the first Pentecost. The first reality is the global confusion of languages God created as a result of man's pride and rebellion at the Tower of Babel. The second reality of Pentecost is God's global mission to spread the message of Jesus Christ to all peoples in all languages. And the third reality is the global restoration which we will see on the last day, where we'll see peoples from all languages, tribes, and nations, all bowing before the Lamb and His throne. And all of this is empowered through the work of the Holy Spirit in the local congregation. So to understand how the various languages came to be, you must go back to the Old Testament, back to Genesis chapter 11 and the Tower of Babel, is the source of global confusion. Before man started to build the Tower of Babel, mankind only had one language. And man was unified under one language, one government, and so there was no differentiation of peoples at the time. And so man, in his pride, sought to topple God, uh, and, and, and in rebellion, sought to overthrow God's authority to build a tower to the heavens to challenge God's gracious rule and authority. God's response to man's sinful pride and rebellion was that he descended from the heavens and confused the languages of man and separated them into languages and peoples. This meant that the various tribes couldn't coordinate together, communicate with one another, and so the project was abandoned. And God did this because if man was unified with one language and unified under one, uh, one overarching uh, government then, there would be no limits to the rebellion 
mankind would be able to do. There would be uh, no limits in the depth of, of man's sinful action as a result of the fall. And notice that this fits a pattern in the scriptures. God brings division in Genesis chapter 3 when he curses Adam and Eve. It's the start of the battle of the sexes. Woman will seek to rule over man, and man blames woman for eating the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Division is God's judgment uh, against sinful human pride. Now, looking out into the world, we see how pride results in confusion. I mean, it doesn't take us hard to look at, right? We look at uh, what I like to call the American sacred commercial calendar. You know, we have a whole month devoted to pride, to rebellion against God's design for marriage and sexuality. And what has this pride done? It's only given to us global confusion. I mean, there's a whole documentary, documentary, uh, documentary dedicated to the subject called, What is a Woman? And no Western intellectual can answer clearly and concisely what a woman is. You know, the very concept of the essence of a woman, which for thousands of years was held globally by everybody in this grand scheme of things five seconds ago, is now in a state of confusion. You know, we can't define what the basic concept of what a woman is in Western society. I mean, think about that. And if we can't communicate basic concepts, we'll be in nothing but a state of perpetual confusion. That's Western society today, prideful and confused. And looking at the biblical pattern, division in Western society is God's judgment for man rebelling against God and his good and gracious will uh, in regards to sexuality and gender. And this confusion is the continual linguistic legacy of Babylon. And this is what makes the events in Acts chapter 2 so miraculous that the apostles preaching here, each hearer is hearing the message in, in his or her own language, in their own tongue, that, that these are very different languages with their own unique grammar and, and syntax and, and sentence structure, and yet the Holy Spirit, he is perfectly translating each word that comes out of the apostles' mouths. And it's not in the way like how Google Translate, if you've ever used Google Translate, how Google Translate would translate a language, right? That'd be like a very wooden and, and stilted translation. And, and trust me, as somebody has used Google Translate to translate um, medieval high German, right? It's very, very wooden and doesn't make a lot of sense, right? But what the Holy Spirit is doing here is as he is translating, he is making the words that the apostles and Peter are, are speaking active and alive. And that means for us today that God meets that global confusion here at the first Pentecost with a global mission. That this mission is not just for one people or to be contained in just one language. You know, to reduce the Bible to being only in one language is to, to make the same mistake uh, Islam makes. In Islam, the Quran, the only true Quran, is in Arabic. And so a translation of the Quran in English is not a 
true Quran. But this is not so in Christianity, in the truth. Right? The English Old Testament is just as much the Old Testament as the Hebrew Old Testament. The Chinese New Testament is just the same New Testament as the original Koine Greek New Testament. The message, not the medium, is what matters. The gospel is not counter to erase the divisions of language in this age, but at Pentecost we get to see a glimpse of the global ramifications of the gospel message. This message is to be preached in all languages, and so Pentecost points us to that need for global mission. And here at St. Paul's, we are indeed engaged in global mission. You know, for instance, we support Pastor Dave Baker's missionary efforts in Mongolia. And think about what's going on right now. We have a live stream going on, right? Where does the live stream go to? To the World Wide Web, right? So that people all over the world can listen in on and hear the message of Jesus Christ. And not only that, but we also have today an opportunity to make that global impact as a part of Armed Forces Sunday. You know, we have an opportunity to support our military chaplains and make an impact all across the globe for our service men and women in uniform and beyond. And so we make a difference here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church globally. The local church has a global impact. And this global mission points us to Christ's promise of global restoration. John of Revelation gives us a glimpse of what that looks like when he says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one can number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So global, that global promise of Christ is for all who believe. And so how does that promise come to us? How does Jesus' message come to us? You know, with all this talk about global stuff, we may be feeling small and insignificant. So how does that message first come here in Acts chapter 2? Well, that message comes locally. The message comes through the local congregation. It comes through the gift of baptism. In the, in, in the gift of baptism, you are, you are grafted into God's big cosmic story. He makes you his very own child. And this is what happens in Acts chapter 2. We hear in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 were baptized that day. Acts 2, 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And each of these 3,000 were made a part of God's story here. I mean, literally, they're, they're right here in the text. They're right here in the Bible. But the thing is that they're anonymous, right? We don't know their names. You know, we don't know anything about them than, than maybe demographically where they came from. Yet God gave them faith after hearing the word to be baptized, to be a part of God's big, grand, cosmic story. 
global story. In the same way, you are made a part of God's big cosmic storm. Through the work of the apostles, the 3,000 baptized here, and many more Christians in the apostolic era, this message spread throughout the Roman Empire, and spread throughout time and through, through to the present, and what started at 3,000 here at Pentecost is now 2.6 billion worldwide. Even more tribes and languages that could ever have thought to have been possible in the time of the apostles, right, have been, have been reached with the message of the gospel. The impact of Christ's message, it started in this backwater city in Jerusalem, and now it's spread all throughout the globe. We can't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in spreading Christ's word throughout the world. You know, to this day, the local church has a global impact. You know, what happens here on Sunday? What happens here in word and sacrament? It spreads. It spreads to our local communities. And from those communities outward and, and through, and eventually spreads out into the world. Spirit gives us power to spread Christ's message. And, and make no mistake, Pentecost is solely about Jesus and his message. The forgiveness of sins won for you on the cross by the death of the Son of God. And now that he has risen from the dead, he has made you immortal. He has given you the gift of eternal life. And that gift of eternal life gives to us joy and peace and contentment and love that the world can never give. Uh, this, this, these gifts only are known through Jesus' death and resurrection. And Christ has promised his church the power to spread his message through the power of the Holy Spirit. And through, the, through the Holy Spirit, the apostles were able to undo the curse of Babel, that global confusion, and bring, bring people, uh, peoples from all tribes and languages under together into one holy nation, the church. And how are the nations to know Christ? They know so by hearing the word of God. The same Holy Spirit has given to us the ability to share Christ's message with others. That message of forgiveness of sins and eternal life for all. And so every time you speak to a person about Jesus, you are making an eternal difference. You're making a, a cosmic impact in that person's life, a global impact. And make no mistake, you know, we're called to confront sinful pride and confusion in this world with the simple and life-saving message of the gospel. You know, when we look at Pentecost here, this reading here in Acts chapter 2, you know, we may just think, we'd be thinking that uh, Luke is giving to us an ancient geography lesson. You know, we may just be like those Old Testament genealogies and just skip right through it or, you know, ask the question that's posed here in the text. What does this mean? What this list means, what this list signifies, is that people through time and space are redeemed by Christ. People in languages that existed then and now do not, peoples and languages that existed after and now no longer exist, and peoples and languages that exist now. You know, no matter the time or era, Christ comes with his, uh, comes with his global promise of the forgiveness of sins for all. And he invites us in, that, in his global mission 
And his global mission only comes through local means, the means of the local congregation, and the particulars of, of a people and of a language. You know, pray to the Lord to have courage, just as the apostles did, to tell the people the message of Jesus. Pray that God continues to work through our local congregations to bring Christ's message of the forgiveness of sins to all. And trust that God does work through the local congregation to bring a global impact as the church brings Christ to the nations. And thank Jesus that he has redeemed us to be a part of his global cosmic story. And that we'll see that cosmic vision fulfilled on the last day, a global redemption. And Jesus promises that we shall succeed in his mission at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, the local congregation. Trust that his word is true for us today and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. 
Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.